hear that? And there it is again. It's a familiar sound to me. Opportunity knocking. You know, when opportunity knocks in your life, you got to get ready to jump right in. Nope. There we go. All right. All right. My, my mom said there would be days like this. Uh, <laughs> uh, opportunity. Yeah. I believe life's full of opportunities. We have opportunities for relationships, opportunities for personal growth. There, there are career opportunities, educational financial, recreational, and spiritual opportunities. Opportunities are all around us. The fact is, uh, opportunities kind of present themselves in different ways. And I believe they kind of come and go like the waves, you know. You've got to keep watch for the opportunities in your life. And I believe there are a lot of God-given opportunities. In fact, I would challenge you to kind of evaluate the net effect of your life. Because it boils down to how you respond to the opportunities. It comes down to what you said yes to in your life and what you said no to. And by the way, yeses and nos both are important in life. Paul, he kind of cautions us on, on this one, and he writes, he says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every what? Opportunity, Opportunity because the days are evil. 
The fact is, I think one of the greatest regrets in life are those moments when you look back over, over the span of your existence and you see missed opportunities in your life. And you think, you know, oh, I should have I went out with them and took them on a date, or I should have married them, or I should have chose that school or that degree in my life. I, I should have taken that job, started that business. I, I should have moved there. I, I should have invested in this whatever it is. And so you look back at, at life and you realize you missed an opportunity. You should have jumped right in, but you, but you didn't. And so you deal with a little bit of regret, right? We all have it. On the other hand, I believe that you look back on your life. When, when that opportunity knocked, you heard it, and you answered it, and you jumped in. And you, Back today, you would say, wow, I am so glad that I followed my instinct on that. I, I made that decision, didn't realize how big of a decision that was going to be. I, I'm so glad I took that step. And you kind of celebrate that stuff, don't you? You know, we're in this series, Jump, and uh, I believe that jumping is a very spiritual thing. I, I think jumping is an important part of following Jesus Christ. I, I believe that jumping in our life is seizing those God-given opportunities. But you got to know when to jump, right? You got to know. God is a God of opportunities. I fully believe that in my life. And God wants the absolute best for you. You know that, right? And God will provide paths, options, in fact, God will open doors for you sometimes, or close doors for you. And the big question is, when God provides you with an opportunity, will you jump? Will you? And let me say this, because I know for some, what you need to hear is, it does not matter what mistakes you've made in the past. God knows where you are today, in this very moment, and God will continue to put new opportunities before you. Opportunities for you to take with, with great uh, tenacity in your life. Uh, opportunities for you to pursue, you know, with that unbridled passion that's in you. Those opportunities that God says, trust me. And when you jump in, it's an exercise of your faith. You know, as I look back on my life, I mean, God's God shown me a lot about opportunities. And one of the things that, that has hit me is that with every great opportunity, there is always, always significant opposition in life. You know, I've, I've also learned that, that God, when he's given you an opportunity, sometimes you have problems first, troubles, the, the opposition comes. And what happens is those things move you to a new position so that you can actually look and see an opportunity 
that you wouldn't see otherwise. I mean, the fact is, some of those things right now that you're going, man, I hate this. This is a lot of problems and trouble. God's actually trying to move you so that you can see he's got an opportunity for you in your life. So you can see that. And so the, the question is what kind of opportunity is God trying to bless you with right now in your life? You know, what, what's on God's agenda for you? You know, do you hear it? See, I guarantee you, whatever that opportunity is in your life, you're going to hear opposition in your head and in your, you're going to see it in your life. You're going to have to navigate through the resistance, so to speak. You're going to have to just trust God so that you can gain the courage and you jump right in. So you be obedient and, and it gives you the strength to move forward in your faith. Some of you, you know where you need to go. You're just, you're struggling. God will give you the strength for that. Opportunities. Many people miss opportunities in their life. Because they listen to the opposition. They get focused on the trouble, on the problems, on the, uh, the opposition in, the, in their life. God created you. Hear me on this. God created you fearfully and wonderfully. And God gave you a free will. God gave you that... Um, just autonomy but when that opportunity knocks you have to make a decision will you see the opportunity and do nothing many people do or will you see the opportunity and after you realize it's an opportunity God's given you do, you, do you jump and pursue it? It's an either or. And let me say, opportunities are not open-ended. Have you figured that out? They, they sometimes have a short window. They, they require you to seize the moment. There's a story in Scripture. Jesus uh, he's with the disciples in the upper room. This is right before his death, and uh, they're, they're gathered. It's Passover dinner, which turns out to be the Last Supper, as we know it. And Jesus told the disciples, he says, you know, one of you guys are going to betray me. And it turned out it was Judas that was going to betray him. But then he tells all the other disciples that are sitting there, you're going to desert me. You're going to leave me. And I love Simon, Simon Peter. I mean, he, he's just always the first one to just jump in and speak up. And he's like, not me. I mean, everybody else might, but I will stand by your side. I will never flee you. You can count on me, Jesus. And so we're told after midnight, Jesus and the disciples, they leave the upper room. They're traveling through the narrow streets of Jerusalem. They head out the gate. They, they cross the, the brook. It's actually the Kindron Valley there. And something you should know, this time of the year, the Kindron Valley, this little brook, would have been red, blood red. 
You know, the fact is, all from the temple, all the blood from the sacrifices kind of ran out of channel into this brook. And so it was because of all the animals they had sacrificed. It's not a mistake that John records this because he, he says, we went across the Kindern Valley. Well, he's, he's trying to tell us something. He wants us to picture that blood in that brook. He wants us to see that because he's reminding us that Jesus is going to be sacrificed. Jesus is the Lamb of God. That In a few hours, he'll be sacrificed for the sins of the world. And so they arrive at the garden, Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus, he tells eight of the disciples, he says, stay here at the gate, you know. Won't you stay here? And he takes uh, Peter, James, and John with him. And they go on in. And it's interesting to me, the two greatest battles in the history of the world, they took place in gardens. I mean, both of them, major fights. You know, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. It's where they chose to disobey God. It's in the Garden of Eden that we have the first sin recorded. Sin enters the world. Adam and Eve, they they failed the temptation that was before them. They opted for what they wanted instead of God's will. The Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, and he's called the second Adam. See, it's to put the parallel there. He chooses God's will. Not my will, but thy will be done, Father. And even though he knew the the pain and the misery, he absolutely knew what was ahead of him at the cross. He's got this internal battle, but he chooses God's way. Adam, what he did in the garden affects all of us. Jesus in the garden, what he decided, it impacts all of our lives. It's why we're here today. I mean, it's why we celebrate it. Jesus is with the three disciples. He gives them instructions. He says, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter, Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed told him my soul's crushed with grief to the point of death stay here and keep watch with me jesus tells the disciples he says sit down it doesn't mean sit down and do nothing all right in fact i think so many times as christ followers we we get this idea in our head that once we become a Christ follower, once we become a Christian, then they, we take a seat and we just don't do anything. There's nothing else required of us. And the fact is, being a Christian, friends, is not a call to take up space or take up grace, as some have said. We're saved to serve and make a difference in this world. We're, we're saved by grace so that we can serve, so we can touch other people's lives. And in fact, the moment you stop serving, I think you start swerving in your life. You get messed up. 
And I'll, I'll say it again so it's very clear. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we are saved to serve and not just sit. Just, we're not to sit and watch life go by. We are comforted. You know, the Holy Spirit comforts you. Those times of distress and problems. But I believe we're called to get uncomfortable for the cause of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul, Paul says this. He says, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove what? Faithful. faithful? Hmm. We must prove faithful. I think a lot of people look at the church and they go, you know, it's kind of like a, a cruise ship. You know, you, you get on the, on the ship and, and you got all this stuff going on around you. You just lounge. You just lounge, take it easy, you know, sit on the deck, kind of get your spiritual tan on. Ah, God's so good. But if you'd look over the bow of the ship, you'd realize there are people drowning. People dying, people struggling in their life. I mean, the fact is, it's happening all around the ship. But we're so busy just doing our thing. We're to watch, and we're to pray, and we're to get out of the lounge chairs, and we're to be about a search and rescue. We're, we're to seize, I mean, they're God-given opportunities to make a difference in people's lives. You know, we're to jump and take those opportunities. You know, so that we'll have story after story that we could tell in the future of how we made a difference. You know, how we touched someone's life. I mean, there's nothing sweeter than being able to say, you know what, I helped lead that person to Jesus Christ. I helped change their life. I helped bring them to faith. I mean, those are powerful stories. It's all about bringing people to faith in Jesus Christ in life. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. It's the most eternal thing. You know, as Christ followers, we're to watch and pray. That, that word watch in, in the Greek, it means to be vigilant. See, if you're vigilant, it prepares you. Otherwise, it's way too easy in life to miss opportunities. In fact, we, we get in trouble if we're not alert in our lives, if we're not alert to what's going on around us, you know, if we don't see those opportunities. You know, Jesus, he asks the disciples, he says, keep watch, keep watch. He says, then he returned. Jesus is coming back from prayer. He returned to the disciples, the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he found them sleeping. I love this because I think this was really just zeroing in on Peter, what he had said earlier. I'll never abandon you. I'll be there for you, Jesus. You can count on me. He goes, you men couldn't keep watch with me for one hour. Watch and pray so that you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Three times, if you read the whole story, it'd be a good read this week, by the way. But three times, Jesus asked Peter, James, and John to watch and pray with him. 
three times, Jesus goes off alone. He's praying. And three times he comes back and he finds them sleeping. Here's what hits me. The disciples had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to minister to Jesus. They had an opportunity to do something really significant for Jesus in probably his greatest time of need in in his life. And I believe that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, have an opportunity to minister for Jesus. There's opportunities all around us. And people go, ministry? Ministry simply means love in action, the love of God in action. You know, it's what happens, I believe, when you get involved in watching and praying in your life. You know, you develop a passion for the church. You begin to expand your vision of what God might be able to do through you. You begin to see opportunities where you can reach someone or touch someone, just show them the love of Christ. But you got to jump in. You got to get involved. You got to begin to to see what, what God's doing around you. And as you see that, what happens is you begin to go, I know where I fit in. I know what I could do. Because we're all gifted differently, by the way. But the moment you stop watching, praying, in fact, I'll say something, may startle some of you, but I believe the moment you stop ministering to people around you, you stop maturing. You stop growing in your faith. You know, Marx, he says this, Jesus says, go into the world, go everywhere, and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Faith fellowship. Front and center for us. It's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the people around us. I mean, whether we're here in the River Bend area, St. Louis area, whether it's the support we provide for places like Uganda or Kosovo, It's about sharing the good news. It's about touching people's lives. It's about pointing people to God, saying there's a better way. Christ followers, we're to watch and pray. You know, don't sleep. Don't miss the opportunities that God gives you to minister for Jesus Christ in your life. They're all around you. You know, Paul, Paul says this. He says, so be on your guard, not asleep. There we go again. Not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Again, that, the word uh, alert in the Greek, it means to uh, be aware. Be aware of what's going on in your spiritual life, in your zone. To be alert to the temptations that are around you, the temptation to, to sin. You've got to be aware of that stuff. You know, a heightened awareness. You know, it's why Jesus cautions Peter, James, and John. He says, watch, watch and pray. Why, why watch and pray? Well, he didn't want them to fall into sin. He says, the, the Spirit's willing. I understand that. 
but the body, the flesh, it's weak. It'll mess you up. I am convinced the evil one sings lullabies to people. He likes to rock you to sleep. Yeah. It's what he did with Peter, James, and John in the garden. I mean, he put them to sleep. They had an opportunity. They're sleeping. And Satan, Satan will lull you to sleep in your life. Why? Why does he do that? So you miss the opportunities that God puts before you. You know, Jesus told a parable one time, Matthew 25. I encourage you to give it a read. But the parable is about the ten bridesmaids. And in that day, so you kind of understand, in that day what would happen on the wedding day, the bridegroom would go to the bride's house where everybody was gathered, and they would have the ceremony. And so then the bride and the groom and all the guests, they would travel to the groom's home for the reception. And this is a big deal. I mean, they would feast for about a week, you know, for, for a wedding. Jesus tells this parable. He says, well, these ten bridesmaids are waiting at the home of the bride. They're waiting for the bridegroom to show up. And, and so they're, they're sitting, they're waiting for that so they could have the ceremony. The bridesmaids all brought lamps with them, filled with oil, and they would light the lamps. And they're waiting and waiting. Apparently, the groom got delayed. I don't know what happened, but apparently for a long time. And so all the bridesmaids fall asleep. Just says they're sound asleep. They weren't prepared. They didn't have extra oil. Some of them were, some of them weren't. Five of them run out of oil. They, they wake up, they realize, uh-oh, we don't have lamps. So they run into town, they're going to get some more oil. And can you imagine midnight, and uh, you're running around trying to find, do you have oil? Nope, they're not open, and they get the oil. Well, they miss the bridegroom. And Jesus, he finishes the parable, it's kind of a weird parable, but he goes, stay alert, keep watch, be prepared. For my return. Friends, spiritual preparedness. It cannot be bought. You, you can't borrow it at the last minute in your life. Your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with God, should be a high priority in your life. You are responsible. Hear this. You are responsible for your spiritual condition period. Not your parents, not your grandparents. It's your responsibility. And so what I want to say to you is you need to wake up from, from that carelessness that tends to invade our lives. You know, if you're not careful, what happens is you get really lazy and sleep overtakes you in life. You know, Paul, he says this, he says, it's my duty to make sure that Satan does not win even a small victory over us. We do not want to be naive and then fall prey to his schemes. Hmm. Satan has a plan. In fact, Satan has a scheme for your life. I mean, Satan is sly, my friends. 
He is sly. The culture's sly. Do not be naive. You know, he will do anything and everything to keep you from seeing the opportunities, to keep you from being at church, to keep you from maturing in your life, to keep you from serving and growing, because that's part of his game. I see it all too often. You know, a while back I ran into a guy in the grocery store. Uh, it was at, right after service, and uh, I saw him, and I said hi. And he goes, hey, hey, come here. And uh, he goes, I wanted to tell you, last week your message just really spoke to me. He goes, I, I came to tell you how much it, it helped. And so we're kind of chit-chatting and talking and everything. And, and then I said, well, today's message, it was kind of part two to that. And he goes, oh, I, I wasn't there today. He goes, uh, it's just been one of them weeks. I am exhausted physically and mentally, just ran down. And he goes, I just needed some rest this morning. And uh, we talked a little bit more. And uh, then he goes, well, I, I better be going. My wife's out in the car, and we're all going boating and skiing today. And uh, <laughs> do not be naive. Satan, he is so sly. He is so sly. And I remember early in my um, ministry, um, I uh, landed at a church, and uh, anyway, I was uh, given a list of our shut-ins, and so I uh, tried to call one of the, tried to call all the shut-ins, but this one, I tried over and over for about a week. I'd try every day and couldn't get her, couldn't get her. And so finally, I, I was determined, I will get a hold of her today. And so I, part of me, I was like, I want to make sure everything's okay. But so every hour on the hour, I would call. I'd call, call, call. And finally, I, I reached her, and I introduced myself to her. And I said, hey, I'm the new pastor. And she goes, oh, I heard we got a new pastor. She goes, I want you to know I love the church. I mean, I love, love the church. She goes, I'm just not able to get around like I used to. And I said, yeah, I know, that's what someone told me, and, you know, that's why I'm calling, and uh, just wanted to, wanted to check, it, check in on you. And I was wondering, would it be okay if I come by and see you tomorrow? And she goes, oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's not a good day. Tomorrow's not a good day. She goes, I I'm going to play cards at the senior center. I do that every, every, every Monday, you know, that's what I do. And uh, she goes, and then I got friends. We're going out to eat in the evening. And so, you know, tomorrow doesn't really work. I said, well, how about if I come by Tuesday? She goes, oh, Tuesday. Tuesday is a bad day. She goes, I, I get my hair done in the morning. And then I'm going to the auction at noon. And she goes, I play bingo every evening. At the, you know, and, and so I'm like, how about Wednesday? Now, I know you're thinking, Damon, you are a little bit slow, boy. But uh, I prefer to think uh, tenacious or persistent. I said, well, how about Wednesday? Oh, no, no, I'm going to St. Louis all day, and I've got tickets to the Cardinal game again. I got off the phone, and I'll be honest, I kind of shook my head. She'd been lulled to sleep. And so I wrote next to her name, Too Busy for God. My point, the evil one is sly. And if you are not alert, 
you'll get very careless in your life. It'll get you off track. I mean, we need to wake up from that, and we need to wake up from our, our casualness with God. See, I believe it's too easy to kind of be nonchalant about our walk with Jesus Christ. Christ followers, we are to live with purpose and passion and power, and we're to see the opportunities that are around us. We're to live with an awareness of God in every moment of every day. And oftentimes, the biggest opposition to those God-given opportunities in your life, they're not evil things. They're not bad things. No, the biggest opposition in life today many times are good things. They're good things. You know, they're good things like uh, working out extracurricular activities, you know, sporting events, getting a little extra sleep. Do not be naive. The evil one will rock you to sleep if you're not careful. And we need to to wake up from the the comfortableness that we want in life. See, I I think Peter, James, and John, they, they were just too comfortable in the moment. They weren't alert. They weren't watching. They weren't guarding. The the fact is, they they just got comfortable, and so they're they're sleeping. Do you you know comfort got Israel, the children of God, got them in terrible trouble numerous times? You know, Amos says one, he says, You know, grief is coming to those who live comfortably in Zion. You know, they were were living in a time of abundance and comfort. And it became so important to them that they started ignoring God. And they started ignoring the spiritual things in their life. Why? Because they wanted to be comfortable. Wanted to kick back, take it easy. Friends, it's time to watch And it's time to pray. And it's time to be alert, to get our minds uh, awake and looking for opportunities, God-given opportunities that are around us. And when you see them, you'll know them. You know, and at that point, you get excited. You're going to jump in? You're going to jump in and allow the power of God and the purpose of God to, to happen in your life? I mean... God has a plan, but you've got to know and see the opportunities. And you also got to know that when the opportunities show themselves, you're going to face opposition. Oh, I, I can't say that. I don't know. I better not. And many of you have had that moment. You look back later and you're like, oh, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have. Friends, the opposition may help propel you forward if you see it that way and go, I I know this is what God wants me to do. See, I'm I'm convinced opportunities knocking in everybody's life here. Every person has moments. You will have them this week. You know, you have the moment because the people you come in contact with their souls 
They're souls. And those souls are heading for eternity. And they're heading one or two places. Heaven or hell. Not a popular topic, is it? I know about any time I talk about these kind of things, people go, yeah, but, but am I my brother's keeper? You know, am I my sister's keeper? Am I my neighbor's keeper? My co-worker's keeper? My hairdresser's keeper? The guys I play golf with, am I really their keeper? Yeah, you bet you are. You are. If you're a Christ follower, you are their keepers. It doesn't mean you manage their life. It means you're to be there and to be alert and look for the opportunities. The question is, are you going to seize the opportunities? Will you jump in and do something, say something, be there? It's not difficult stuff most of the time. But you got to wake up. You got to wake up. You got to be vigilant. You got to be alert. You got to watch and pray because opportunity knocks all the time. It knocks all the time. You know, I've got an opportunity for you today. You know, the, we're starting a new series in two weeks, uh, calling it The Matrix. Anybody ever heard of The Matrix? Well, I've, got, I've had these uh, kind of, um, I'll say an invite card, make it kind of easy. And this starts not next Sunday, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday, all right? So we're clear on this. Ushers are going to have some cards when you're exiting. And uh, it's an opportunity, I believe, to invite a neighbor, friend, co-worker. You know, uh, we used to do this quite a bit in the early days. You know, just uh, leave them on table at the restaurant or places you frequent. But it's an easy way to invite people without being obnoxious. Just, hey, we're starting a new series and. uh Thought you might, might want give it, to give it a shot. God gives you opportunities. But you got to take them. You got to invite. You got to take the steps. So, hope you'll grab some as you're, you're heading out today. Today, we have a great opportunity. We've got uh, some families that come to dedicate their kids today. And uh, they're making a commitment to uh, raise their kids in the faith. And so if our parents at this time, you can go gather, gather your kids, and uh, we'll uh, see you up here in just a couple minutes. We're going to worship God while they're doing that. And we're going to lift up these parents and uh, become family today. And so uh, I hope that uh, you'll be willing to lift your voice in praise and allow God to bless and we're going to be blessed in a couple minutes. Let's, let's stand and have a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God we praise you. God we thank you for this day. God we uh, just pray that we wake up. God there are opportunities all around us and God I pray that this week your Holy Spirit would just just nudge, go, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to show a little grace, a little love. There's an opportunity to just speak a word of encouragement to someone's life. 
God, help us to be alert. Help us to watch and pray. God, I just ask you to open our eyes and uh, we'd visualize a few people that we come in contact with. That You just put them on our hearts that uh, we'd somehow just go, hey, I want to invite you to church. God, we uh, thank you for all the opportunities you give us. And God, I pray we'd be faithful. We give you the glory and the praise this day. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together.